Welcome to another QB list fantasy football podcast. I am your host, Callan Elsinger, joined on my continuing rotating cast of co-hosts once again by Dustin Lidke. Dustin, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. Uh, surviving Monday Night Football, uh, watching the score go by as we record, but doing pretty good. Yeah, so hopefully, and like you said, we're recording this during the Washington versus Philadelphia game. Hopefully, this doesn't change exactly who you talk about during your waiver wire ads. But if something does happen, keep an eye out for AJ's article in tomorrow on a Tuesday morning for two v waiver wire ads. Uh, but the other than that, we're gonna dive right into this. this is another exciting week. I think there's a lot of uh, potential league winning upside sort of players. I think this is one of the more ex- intriguing weeks for me on the waiver wire this season. I'm not sure if you share that same opinion, but I think there's a lot of upside to chase this week. And you know, the names are more intriguing to me than they have in the past couple weeks. Yeah, I agree. There was a couple key injuries this past week that definitely shake up some of the landscape from uh, the fantasy perspective, but there's definitely some names. This is the time where I think you're gearing up. You're starting to look at playoff matchups for your league. Um, bye weeks are starting then. We still have a bipocalypse week 14, so you got to pay attention. But I think getting those high upside guys and things are changing, I think that's uh, that's the way to go. And we're uh, far enough away from the trade deadline that we're seeing those players on their new teams or the new teams minus those players, um, how they're doing and what that shakes out to. So we got a good uh, idea of what that kind of looks like post-trade deadline. Yeah, before we dive into those names, well, I'll just make a note right off the bat that AJ put on his show doc. That's just a worth reminder. Kadarius Tony misses our list, so we're not going to talk about him, but he's currently 51% rostered on Yahoo, 60% on Sleeper. We're not going to dive deep into him because it's outside our threshold, but if Kadarius Tony is out there, he is for sure is my clear number one waiver wire ad. I don't know if you share the same opinion. We won't dive into it, but if you can get the potential one receiver in Kansas City with Juju Smith-Schuster's concussion, with the inability to get anything going on the run game, I think there's a lot upside of Kadarius Tony. So we won't dive too deep in him, but if he's available, he's a, he's very much a must-add for me. Yeah, I'm a little less uh, bullish on Tooney. I think it depends on Juju's concussion. And Nicole Hardman was out this past week. So if both those players are back, I'm less bullish on Kadarius Tony. He's got that, yeah, like you said, the first round pedigree, put him with Patrick Mahomes. There's a lot to like. I do agree if those injuries aren't as severe, if they aren't as long term, it does cap some upside, but I think there's a lot to like there. But we'll dive into some of the other names that are available. As a reminder, this week on by, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars, the high powered Miami Dolphins, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So lots of fantasy viable names out there. I think just looking up names. There's a lot more for it in terms of wide receivers are going to be in by. So that's in a position that I'm probably looking pretty deeply in. But of course, you got Kenneth Walker. You have Leonard Fournette, who may probably are still starting Travis Etienne. So a lot of good names out there that are going to be missing this coming week. So you're going to have to replace some players this week. And let's see how you can replace them. We're going to start off uh, with you, Dustin, who obviously it's team dependent, but in a vacuum, who is the high priority ad this week? Who are you going out there and as many leagues as you can trying to get? I think it has to be Christian Watson for the Green Bay Packers. 9% in Yahoo, 70% owned in Sleeper. Just came off a massive three-touchdown game. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is out four to eight weeks. Sammy Watkins is a shell of himself. Um, you got Alan Lazard still there, but he was non-factor this week. Just the potential upside with that high quality of a quarterback and Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball and the shots he's getting down the field, I think he's definitely got to be the guy you're going out and getting this week. Yeah, I think he's uh, the clear number one. I would I would absolutely agree with you there. 
in the past week, he got the vast majority of targets, had a career day in terms of uh, finishing with eight targets on four receptions for 107 yards, three of his four catches for touchdowns. Most of them were deep bombs. He showed off that speed. You look at the Week 11 matchup, and he's playing, oh, the Tennessee Titans, a defense that we've talked about throughout as a defense you can attack and look up against. He's got that upside to be the number one target in this offense. Past two weeks, Christian uh, Alan Lazard hasn't exactly been that. He's had a, still a good target share, over 20% each of the past two weeks. But Christian Watson, I think there's a lot more upside of him with his early draft pedigree. I would completely agree in terms of uh, wide receivers. Christian Watson is a, an absolute must-add. Definitely going to plug him in this week and have a great opportunity for for an upside. So I'm all in on that. I think there's a lot to like about Christian Watson, especially this coming week. Yeah, and then after this week, he has Philly in week 12, which isn't a great matchup. Then he gets Chicago week 13, which is a great matchup for him. Then is on the bye week 14, so generally the start of your fantasy playoffs are that last week. Fantasy playoffs, he's got Rams, Miami, Minnesota. So good matchups there. I just did note that he was on the injury report for Monday's practice with an ankle injury. Uh, didn't see anything when I watched the game, so just something to monitor. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's a huge issue, but something that was news to me when I pulled up his name on Sleeper. Yeah, and especially because they have the Thursday game this week, it's worth monitoring. I don't think it'll be anything that fully affects him. Like I said, he'll probably be out there, but keep an eye on it if there's any sort of hobbledness then this goes away but i think it's probably taking it precautions with only a couple days left before uh for game day so we'll continue with the wide receiver position so we started off there if you can't get christian watson i think there's still plenty of viable names out there who would be your next who would be your fallback option you can't get christian watson due to waiver priority or not enough fab where's your where do you turn to next uh it's donovan people's jones and i know we talked briefly about him last week and he's been talked about quite a bit uh, this past week played 88% of the snaps, nine targets, five receptions, 99 yards. He sneakily had over 50 yards every game except for two, and those two were week two, week three. Um, this past week tied for the league and tied for the team in routes run with 37 with Amari Cooper. Um, he gets Deshaun Watson back week 13. So I really like what he's been doing as a sneaky wide receiver three play. I think you can get him in most leagues fairly cheap. I think everyone's going to be dumping their fab on Christian Watson. I think he's kind of just forgot about because he hasn't scored any touchdowns this year. I think that's what's holding him back. But I think in PPR leagues, he's definitely a must add. Uh, Standard leagues might be a little less because without those touchdowns, it caps his upside. But I like what I'm seeing from him, and I like what we're going to get with uh, Watson coming back in a few weeks. He does have Buffalo this week coming up. Um, Nick Chubb and Mari Cooper should get the focal point of the Bills defense. Um, so he has the ability to kind of be out there and, and get some of that lesser coverage. And we've seen it when teams play someone like Buffalo. Yeah, the defense is good, but you're going to have to throw to keep up with him. And yep. like you said, the targets are going his way the past couple weeks. Since week four, the fewest amount of targets he's had in the game are four, and he's still turned that into 81 yards. So he's gotten 50 or more yards in every week since week four. He's had five, four more targets every week since week four. The Browns are throwing are gonna have to throw because, like I said, their defense is not anything special. They're gonna have to throw to keep up with teams. They're gonna get a much better NFL quarterback than Jacoby Brissett out there and Sean Watson. He'll probably take those deep targets that we thought that uh, Donovan Peoples Jones was gonna be good for this year if it's some of those deep downfield threats. So I think there's a lot to like with him as well. I'm very intrigued at that upside, and um, you know, I think there's a he's a 
good under the radar name. Like I said, since most people are going to be focusing on the three touchdowns from Christian Watson, I think there's some positive touchdown regression coming for people, people's Jones as well. No, I agree. I think he's definitely worth adding. Um, and I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but yeah, he's definitely the guy that you could throw a low fab bid on one, $2, you know, maybe that six, if someone's going to bid five, but a lot of people are going to be chasing Christian Watson. The no touchdowns, what is making him not have that name recognition, right? If he comes out and scores a touchdown one week, he's going to jump up there, but because he hasn't scored, he's not showing up on stat sheets. He's not showing up on leaderboards. So he's just named up. Most people aren't recognizing. And then for the fantasy playoffs, you talk about the next two weeks are going to be tough. You got Buffalo and Tampa Bay, but when you get to Sean Watson back, you got Houston, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and New Orleans, and then week 17 against Washington. None of those defenses jump out to me as world beaters, as matchups you want to avoid. So if you can get something going with a quarterback with the pedigree on the field as Deshaun Watson, there's a definitely worth a, definitely worth monitoring. So uh, one name that I want to bring up is uh, it's Paris Campbell. And, you know, it, we, he's been up and down, but... Matt Ryan is back at quarterback, and I think you and I can both agree Matt Ryan is a better passing quarterback for fantasy than Sam Ellinger is. I think there's a in terms of receiver work. Paris Campbell in the past in the three past three games with Matt Ryan as his quarterback has 29 targets. That's almost 10 targets per game. And you know, Michael Pittman's not fully being used. Alec Pierce hasn't fully been used this past week. Paris Campbell was tied for the team lead in target share with 33%, and he made the most of it. Michael Pittman still played more snaps, but Campbell, once again, nine targets, 12 targets in week seven, 11 targets in week six. He is very much used. He's caught in three touchdowns this year, all from Matt Ryan. I'm very intrigued of what what's going on with Paris Campbell. I want to kind of get your opinion on this, because we've kind of been chasing who is the other receiver outside of Michael Pittman in his offense, but we very well might have the number one at this point and maybe time to start thinking as Paris Campbell as a better play than Michael Pittman at this point. I don't know if I'm going he, crazy with that, but no, I, I think he's, he's good. I mean, that offense is just in such a flux. Obviously they just hired Jeff Saturday and they've got some other guy calling plays who was their passing coordinator, right? They had talked about Sam Ellinger being the starter. Then also Sunday morning, it's Matt Ryan. Obviously we agree that Matt Ryan's the better quarterback from a passing standpoint also the leadership which really that Jeff Saturday hire about was all about culture and leadership Mm -hmm. so it makes sense that he installs Matt Ryan back in who has that veteran presence has that respect and that leadership yeah he's worth a he's worth a a flyer run my issue with him is that upside yeah he scored three touchdowns um right he has the games last week you know nine targets seven receptions 76 yards and a touchdown but the week before five targets two catches 15 yards for that two targets, two catches, 43 yards. So he's very boomer bust. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd have enough faith to put him in my lineup uh, right away. He does get Philly, which isn't a great matchup for him, but then does get Pittsburgh in week 12, which is they're giving up the second most points to wide receivers. So I like that matchup. Fantasy playoffs. Uh, it's got the bye week 14, so that's not great. Uh, but then it's Minnesota, Chargers, Giants. Um, pretty good matchups. Their Giants are 27th, which isn't great. Um, but Minnesota's up there, and I think they're decent matchups. So he could be someone worth that, and I wouldn't tell it, uh, toss a ton of fab on him. But I think you have to ride it out with those boom-bust weeks and hope you get the hope you see a couple more boom weeks with Matt Ryan back in there. I do think Matt Ryan has this chip on his shoulder. I you know It also came off the shoulder injury that he 
wants to prove that he should never got benched. Um, so I think he's going to sling it a little more. Jonathan Taylor's healthy, so that does balance that team out a lot more. So we could be seeing that Paris Campbell is a solid flex play wide receiver three every week, and Pittman might be in that same boat. Yeah, I think there's a lot to like there. Like I said, the quarterback change is a full-on upgrade. I'm I'm intrigued. I would agree with you. I don't know if I can plug him in right away, but especially in a matchup against the Eagles, who have been a very good defense this year. But similar situation to Peoples-Jones. They're going to have to throw a keep up. Maybe those targets go Campbell's way. So if you're desperate, I think he's a good play. I'd like to see it one more week before you got that dream matchup against the Steelers. But hey, you could do worse if you had to plug him in. So outside of the original ones, who's another receiver? I know we're kind of getting a little deeper. Is there anybody down the li- down the list in terms of rosters, ship, or similar to Campbell that you're looking at as like a, a real deep fallback option? Yeah. It de- now, it sounds like Cooper Cup's going to be out for a while with a high ankle sprain. I think people are going to be touting Van Jefferson, but I'm more on the Ben Skoranek bandwagon. Um, mm-hmm. Van Jefferson, obviously, I think will take those snaps, but what we saw in the game was Ben Skoranek had more. He was 39 in routes, which led his team. Um, you know, A-Rod tied with Allen Robinson for, you know, routes run. Played Has played well, has played all season. If I'm going to pick up anybody because of the Cooper Cup injury, it's Ben Skoranek over Van Jefferson, um, a name that, you know, was big in the beginning of the week, had a couple flashes. I think people are excited for Van Jefferson, but I'll take Ben Skaronic and Allen Robinson. If Allen Robinson got dropped the past few weeks from having some those are the guys I'm looking for with Cooper Cup injury. There's everyone's been waiting to, to the whole offseason has been our whole season's been do you drop Allen Robinson? Do you yep. drop Allen Robinson? Those troopers like some of us who may still have him are finally gonna get the reward they've been waiting on. You hope. But I do like Ben Skronik as a very deep, very deep play. He did get seven targets this past week. He actually was, uh, in terms of target share, right up there with uh, Allen Robinson this past week. Actually was ahead of Allen Robinson, ahead of Van Jefferson. He was the most targeted receiver outside of Cooper Cup. So there's some intrigue there. I, I wonder how deep those targets is. I see him kind of as like a, a slot short roster guy. But if you need someone in the PPR league, I could see him having like a, you know, a, Wes Welker-ish type line of six catches, 40 yards. That's 10 points right there. And I think it's a very solid line for someone you're plugging in. I think there's some upside there. Targets have to go somewhere. I want to see how they distribute Cooper Cup's ginormous piece of the pie. But if Skronik starts getting that uptake that we're seeing, I think that's a name that people can be sleeping on. You stash right now, and all of a sudden you have a, you know, a very safe bet to play moving forward. Yep, the first five weeks of the season was playing around 88% of the snaps, dropped to the 60s, but last week played 98%. So seeing a high volume of snaps out there. Uh, it's got New Orleans, Kansas City, Seattle, uh, weeks 11 through 13. The playoffs, he's got Vegas, Green Bay, Denver, and then the Chargers. So not defenses I'm super worried about, especially with Robinson on the other side. Cooper Cup might be back for the championship week of fantasy We'll see. We're waiting for They said the x-rays were negative. Um, but that's an injury that I think is going to shift a lot of people to something. And if you had Cooper Cup, you are probably in the driver's seat in your league. And now you're looking to replace that. So you need to have that. So that's where I think they're going to go after those Christian Watsons for those high upsides. But not realizing like, hey, you can pick up, I wouldn't call him a wide receiver handcuff. But he's the closest thing I think we have to it in the league. Yeah. And one more name I want to throw out there for wide receiver upside. And it's a first round pick from this past year. He's only 20% roster, but Traylon Burks with Tennessee Titans. We talked about before the Titans being such a bad defense. 
That's just going to lead to throwing the football. Now, who's going to be throwing the football? That's kind of a question you're going to have throughout the rest of the season because I could totally see Brian Tannehill getting benched at some point and then just turning to Malik Willis, although they're still a first-place team. So, you know, will they actually do it? I don't know, but they're not a really great football team. But he had six targets in his return from the IR for three receptions, 24 yards. That line doesn't jump off the page, but the Titans are going to be looking for a number one pass catcher. And yes, Nick Westbrook-Akine had the amazing game with two touchdowns the past week. But I don't know how much I fully believe that Nick Westbrook-Akine is all of a sudden going to jump out and be a must-add or the top receiver on this team. Traylon Burks has the pedigree as the number one receiver. Again, similar situation. I won't plug plug him in immediately into my lineup, but he's got upside to be as good as potentially Christian Watson in terms of priority because of the first round pedigree because of the number one receiver in their offense potentially so if Traylon Burks is out there I'm stashing him in a good amount of places just to hold on and hope that I can get the number one receiver on a, on a first place football team even though we know they're run first offense yeah I've got two other names to mention uh Jerry Judy got injured with a mild ankle sprain is what they're calling it if he's out I'm looking at uh Kendall Hinton 47 routes run, which was second on his team, five targets, four receptions, 62 yards, played 96% of the snaps this past week. So if Judy's going to be out and miss a game or two, Hinton might be the guy who gets the bump more than Cortland Sutton or uh, Greg Dolchich. And then if Chris Olave is out and he got hit really hard and had a concussion, Jarvis Landry did play 79% of the snaps, 25 routes run, which was second on the team. Six targets, three receptions, 37 yards. So monitor those injury situations if those guys, if Alave or Judy are going to miss time. Sounds like Judy's probably more likely to miss time than Alave. They could be someone who gets a bump because of those injuries. Let's move over to the running back position. If you want more in-depth look at some of these receivers, like you said, be sure to look at AJ's waiver wire article on QBList.com on Tuesday morning as you're listening to this podcast. I'll have a little more in-depth discussion on some of these names and potentially more that we have not mentioned. But we're going to move over to the running back position because, as always, like we mentioned, you're missing some guys. You're missing Leonard Fournette this week. You're missing Travis Etienne. You're missing the Miami Dolphin tandem. You're missing Kenneth Walker. A lot of names that you've been putting in your running back two, possibly even running back one spot at this point in the season. So you're going to have to plug and play. You're going to have to figure things out. So if you're trying to do that this coming week, where are you turning in terms of running back? Who's a you know viable replacement option that's sitting out there on your waiver wire? I'm torn between the two that I think we're both torn between. I'm going to say Rashad White, uh, running back for Tampa Bay. Seem to have been taken over recently for Leonard Fournette. Now, they say Leonard Fournette did have a hip pointer injury, which I'm not really sure what that is. Sounds like he'll be better for this week coming up. Um, but I like what I've seen from Rashad White all season in terms of his, you know, running back shares, carry share, the snap percentage going up. He's getting involved a little bit in the, in the passing game. I like what I've seen that trend, um, and I'll take him over Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, as a reminder, like I said, uh, the Bucks are on a buy, so Rashad White is a he's he's definitely a high priority. If Leonard Fournette's injury is anything, that's going to keep him out for a week or so. White is a high priority ad. He get number one running back on a team that's clearly trying to run the ball more. You saw the Bucks run the ball more times than they ever had with Tom Brady as quarterback or any Tom Brady led team for the fact of the matter. So there is a lot to like with Rashad White. I think he's a very high priority ad. Past you, can, you can wait the week because he is on the bye, but I definitely think yes. I'd like his trend, but more than yeah. I like Pacheco. No, I, I would agree with you there. I think there's a lot to look there. You look at the snap percentage. Yes, it had injury. It had to do with injury, but 64% of the snaps was Rashad White. 
29% of the snaps for Leonard Fournette. You wonder what the share would be in terms of uh, if Fournette wasn't hurt. Trending it, it could that turn to 50-50, and you never know if that turns into a Miami backfield where maybe Wilson, like how Wilson and Mostert are both fancy viable. Maybe Tampa Bay involves the same way. So you can afford the luxury of stashing someone. Rashad White's a definite extreme ad. Um and definitely someone you want to go to. You started talking about Isaiah Pacheco, so let's kind of dive into that backfield a little bit because Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been doing absolutely nothing. You can count on one hand the amount of snaps he actually had this past <laughs> week. This is a first-round pick, people. Just a reminder, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a first-round pick in the NFL draft. So, yes, the Kansas City backfield is murky. It's very murky, in fact. But if you're trying to put out there, is Isaiah Pacheco a good ad? Do you look Jarek McKinnon's way? How do you kind of map out this Kansas City backfield moving forward? I think Pacheco is the one to own. And I think we talked about that. They all have very specific roles. And I know Clyde was there only got a handful of actual snaps this week, played 6%, which I think was like five snaps or three snaps or whatever it was. No carries, two targets. Because it's been so back and forth all year, I just don't trust that Pacheco is going to continue to be the guy. Yes, he was named the starter two weeks ago, has started and out-touched McKinnick and Allaire the past two weeks. I just don't know if the game strip doesn't all of a sudden lean to CEH next week against the Chargers or the Rams or Cincinnati in the next three weeks. Yeah, like like you said, you want the starting running back on Kansas City. There's a lot to like there. Problem is, they're not doing too much of it. Pacheco was named the starter. Great, but you look at his line the past... This past week, he had a, had a good game. 16 carries, 82 yards. If that, if he can carry it over, great. You're playing the Chargers. There's a lot to like there. But like you said, they can easily go uh, Clyde Zolaire's way. If it gets into a high-powered game where you're going to be throwing the ball a lot, Jarek McKinnon's very involved in the passing attack there. So if you're in a PPR league, I think Jarek McKinnon's a good pickup. You look at this past week, he had a 22% target share. Jarek McKinnon, that's actually something you, you can be can like a lot. So um, it's ugly. I think if you're in a desperate play, I you could play Pacheco as a flex, maybe a low-end RB2, but you have to you know remember that this is can be something that's going to be flipping on the on his head each and every week. So, um, you know, keep an eye on that. Monitor it closely. But this Kansas City backfield is so confusing that I want to pick someone. I would agree Pacheco's the guy, but that can flip in a matter of seconds. One name I also want to mention, and he's right on that border, and AJ actually has him as his top pro- running back priority this coming week, and actually top priority overall. And that's Gus Edwards, who's 49% rostered on Yahoo, 52% on Sleeper. The Ravens are coming off their bye this coming week, and they play the Carolina Panthers. So there is a lot to like with Gus Edwards. How do you map out that backfield? You know, Where do you put Edwards in terms of these guys uh, that we mentioned earlier? Uh, I like them. I still think Kenyon Drake might be the better, more talented back um, in that backfield. Um what I don't like with Gus Edwards is there's no pass catching upside. So mm-hmm. PPR leagues, I move him down because he has one target. And I granted, he only played two games so far this season and played minimal snaps, you know, 36 and then 21 snaps. Didn't play at all in week nine because he was injured. He saw one target. So there's no passing upside for me. So I move him down because of that. 
I play in a lot of PPR leagues. And I think that's usually the standard going forward. Um, so that's where I move him down behind Pacheco, behind White. CEHV is there. I will say for Kansas City, before we go too far, like you want one of those guys, and Pacheco's worth stashing. Um, looking at the playoff schedule, it's Denver. So week 14, it's Denver, Houston, Seattle, Denver again. You're talking about Denver's giving up 18th most points, so they have them twice in the fantasy playoffs. Houston's giving up the most points to running backs. Seattle's giving up the eighth most. So really great matchup. So you want to take a shot on those. But, yeah, the, the pass work for Gus Edwards just isn't there for Gus Edwards. So I move him down because of that. And just a note is J.K. Dobbins is eligible to return from IR week 12. Let's see how that plays into it. I mean, he's been so banged up. Maybe they ease him in. Maybe they kind of go into 50-50. But I think that does limit the upside. I think if you need someone to win today, if you need to win in week 11 to save your season, it's a must-win game. Gus Edwards is the one I'll play. I think he's a, if you need a running back to plug in, he's the best option. But if you're looking long-term value, I would agree. There's more to like for Rashad White there. I think the Kansas City backfield maybe is right up there. I'd, I kind of be borderline between who I'd rather have between Edwards or Pacheco. But if you need to play someone this week, I think Gus Edwards is definitely the, the way to go. So if we're looking for some more deeper leagues at running back or other options, we mentioned Jarek McKinnon. Is there anybody else that you want to you know, mention as a, a fallback option? You miss out on these uh, higher-end guys. Any other names worth uh, worth mentioning? Jalen Warren is the other one I would mention, handcuffed for Najee Harris in yeah. Pittsburgh. Um, seems to have taken the third down role. Najee Harris has not looked good, and Pittsburgh is trying to figure out their offense, so we could see an increase there. This is a time of year where I'm rostering my own handcuffs, um, if not other people's handcuffs, because if you're if you're counting on Najee as your RB2 and he goes down, you probably don't have a better option, so you want to have that backup. Much yeah, like you- much like Chicago, much like some of these other offenses, Warren looks like the better back when you watch the game film. He looks more explosive, more decisive, um, just seems to be doing better when he gets the ball before whatever Pittsburgh keeps going with Najee Harris. So he's got some juice right now. I'll take him. Um, and I think if Najee goes down, Warren could easily be an RB2 for the rest of the season. There's a lot to like with Jane Lauren and each week, this, this snap share gets continues to get closer and closer. This past week, Jalen Warren was in 43% of snaps and 59.5% for Najee Harris. That is a lot closer of a split than I could have ever predicted that it would end up being. And Mike Tomlin has continued to show support towards him, saying we need to get him more, keep continuing to get him involved in the offense. So, again, he's not someone you play right away. He's not someone you play right now. But I'm going to stay with the same thought that we I presented last week that. I still wonder if Najee Harris is 100%. Do the Steelers at three and six just end up by, you know, blatant around your fantasy playoffs saying, let's shut Najee down and play for next year and let's see what Jalen Warren has? Yeah. I could see it. And I would 100% agree with you. If Warren does become the starter, he is a viable RB2 for the rest of the season, especially with the Steelers schedule, which isn't exactly, you know, it's they've gotten their more difficult matchups out of the way. They play Atlanta. I don't have it in front of me, but they play Atlanta, Carolina. Lots yep. of defenses that you can take advantage of come fantasy close to fantasy playoffs. The playoff schedule is so 14 through 17. It's Baltimore, Carolina, Vegas, Baltimore. Baltimore is giving up 16th most. Uh, Vegas is currently fourth, and Carolina is sixth. So really good matchups. Tougher ones bookending with Baltimore, but still winnable. 
um, especially when you play two times in four weeks. So good matchups for that running back, that running backfield. And if it's Warren, you know, it does take over right or they shut down Najee Harris. I think you could have a easy flex play, if not an RB2 for you, um, if, if things go right. Let's dive into some of these streamers. We got the uh, the high end positions. Let's dive into some people who were going to be streaming. We'll start off at the tight end position, where there's actually some tough you know decisions. We lost lost Zach Ertz for the season. You're missing out on you know possibly playing Mike Sicki or Evan Ingram. So not as many you know elite options. You may be without Mark Andrews once again. So if we're diving into the tight end position at the waiver wire, do you have any? intriguing streamers where do you look for for out there uh i go to trey mcbride replacing zach ertz in carolina now he only had one target one reception for seven yards this past week but 91 percent of the snaps 32 routes run which was third on the team he's out there i think it's just a matter of getting him the opportunities getting him familiar with kyler murray that's the guy i want if i'm looking for a streamer this week if i'm if i'm out if i had ertz and you were rolling with them who just that magic season seemed to keep continuing for Ertz where he kept getting guides. Now Marquise Brown should be back in a week or two. Um, so there is some, maybe not super high upside from McBride, but I think for the next couple weeks, he should be fine. Yeah. Obviously to me, if Mark Andrews misses out, I'm rolling if Isaiah likely once again, he's only 22%. It sounds like all things look, in Mark Andrews' favor, you know, early indication is he will play. So obviously, keep an eye out on for Isaiah likely. But if he for if he is if Andrews is back, where I'm looking now, I'm going to go out to Las Vegas, and I'm interested in uh, Foster Moreau this coming week. Yeah, the target share hasn't been there the past two weeks. He's had at least he's had a 13% target share in week nine, 10% this past week. Vegas is. Vegas is in a downspin. They're trying to figure things out, and we don't really know which way they're going to go from here. But it's just another same situation we keep talking about. They're going to need to throw the football a lot. They're going to have to keep keep up with their coming matchup. They play Denver, a defense that you can even a good defense, but I think you're going to have to throw the ball to someone. Can't be Devontae Adams. So if you need a streamer, it's not it doesn't have the upside of a lot of these guys. But Foster Moreau only sixteen percent. He'll be even number one tight end out there in Vegas and we know that car likes to go that way so I think you can do worse tomorrow as a you know viable back end tight end streamer yeah I will say with McBride they have San Fran and the Chargers the next two weeks and then they get a bye week 13 uh, so coming to the bye they could work in more of the offense and then fancy playoffs so 14 through 17 New England Denver Tampa Bay Atlanta so you're looking at teams giving up the sixth most points to tight ends let's see Denver is 15th Tampa Bay is currently seventh and Atlanta is currently eighth. So real good matchups for him in the fantasy playoffs. Um, Foster Moreau has a little bit tougher matchups. He's got Pittsburgh week 16, San Fran, who aren't giving up a ton of points. Um, Pittsburgh's is currently 22nd, San Fran's 25th. Uh, New England's sandwiched in there week 15. And then week 14, they have the Rams who are giving up the least amount of points. So tougher matchups for Foster Moreau. But if you need a streamer for the next two weeks, I like him. But fantasy playoffs, I do not. Yes, I think tight end, we continue to talk about it. If you don't have the elite guys, you're plugging and playing each and every yep. week. And uh, said, play him this week and then hopefully not have to worry about him for the fantasy playoffs. But we'll see. We'll move over to the quarterback position. 
now that Justin Fields has graduated outside of the streaming category, this is sad. We keep recommending people keep recommending him, but yeah, he's probably well outside of roster ship. So if you're looking to replace the Tom Brady this week, you're replacing looking to replace a Tua. You know, again, it's not the elite options. You're probably it's more probably in your two quarterback leagues or someone who's been streaming quarterbacks throughout the week. But where are you looking at the quarterback position for, for this week if you're doing the streaming game? I mean, it's sad to say, but is Russell Wilson a streamer? Like, <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, he's there, but he is does a great matchup. I doubt he is out there on your waivers, but if he is for some reason, like he gets Vegas this week, he's giving up the second most points to quarterbacks. So I think he's out there as a possible streamer. People were real frustrated and rage quitting Russell Wilson the past few weeks just because he has stunk up the place. So I think he's a viable option. Uh, gets that nice matchup against the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders are probably entering that defense. Last season, AJ and I, it was the Atlanta Falcons. Anyone who plays the Falcons, just pick up, pick him up. Pick this guy up. I think the Raiders are at defense at every position, but no matter who plays against them, just grab the guy who plays them. So as a reminder also for the tight ends, he's probably well wrapped there, but same thing. If Greg's Dolcich is still sitting out there, get him. He's probably going to have a huge game against this Vegas defense. But absolutely, if Russell Wilson's out there, he's probably the best option. I'll throw Daniel Jones out there as well at 64% rostered. Outside of our general range, but this week doesn't have those matchups you really want to play against or that you want to jump on. So uh, Daniel Jones, I think, is a viable streamer against the Lions. And I'll also throw out Marcus Mariota with the safe rushing floor. He's in that streaming category. You're playing against the Bears, whose defense isn't great, and you're going to have to keep up with a high-powered Bears offense. Words <laughs> I never thought I would say. Never but, thought we'd hear that. But You know, it's the shootout potential of Falcons versus Bears, exactly what we thought we'd say in Week 11 of the 2022 season. But if you need a quarterback, I think Mariota is a, a viable streamer. If, you're, if you miss out on the higher rostered but great matchups with uh, Jones and Russell Wilson. And I'll also throw out Andy Dalton. He gets the Rams, um, but obviously the Cooper Cup list Rams. Rams are, have been decent, but Andy Dalton has played well. Uh, we're not sure if Stafford's going to make it back, so it could be the John Wolford Cooper Cup list Rams, so they might not be able to score a ton of points. Uh, so he could have a decent day. I think it all depends on if Chris Olave is still available, but Andy Dalton's that low-end streamer if you miss out on all those guys for me. Yeah, if if you're desperate, I think if you're, be, if you're if you definitely do do worse than him, I still have this weird feeling that we're gonna see Jameis Winston soon, especially after only putting up ten points against Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, you got T.J. Watt back, but I'm a Steelers fan, so it's nice to see him win. But that team isn't exactly a a team you should be only putting up ten points against. But hey, I'll take a win whenever I can get it with these uh, with these Steelers. But I think Dalton's a, a fine option this week as well. I, like you said, if you're desperate and you really need someone to quarterback league, I think you'd do worse than him. I, I'm in the same boat with terms of defense where the matchups aren't great. There aren't many amazing streaming options at defense. If you're trying to plug and play, you know, you're going to have a little bit of trouble this week. But uh, where's your... Where do your eyes go in terms of defense? If you yeah, it's this hard. Week, There's you have not anything? great matchups. I mean, Cincinnati's out there. 27% owned. Um, they get the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is a rivalry game. Pittsburgh is not that great. So there could be a chance that Cincinnati goes up early and the Pittsburgh has to throw, which they could put Kenny Pickett in some precarious situations and he could have a really bad game. And, you know, bright lights, he might be like Kirk Cousins and fails in primetime. So that could be interesting. Um, 
other than that, there's not a whole lot of options out there. You know, this point in the season, I think you have, you know, who the good defenses are, you know, who the bad offenses are, and there's just not great matchups this week. Yeah. I'll throw over New York Jets out there. Uh, Sauce Gardner's been great, and I could easily see him. They played the New England Patriots. I could easily see a pick coming from him against Mac Jones. It has the lowest over-under on the slate at 38.5 points right now. So if you need somebody, I'm a little shocked with Jets defense has only a 20% with how good it's actually been the past few weeks. Another statement I didn't think I'd be making in 2022, but the Jets defense is good. And you play Mac Jones, who is fine, but I think he, he has a pick coming to him, and Knowing the pit to the uh, Patriots offense are going to put up 17 to 20 points and probably win or lose by three. So it's going to be close. It's going to be low scoring. So that makes both of those defenses viable outside of that. And then depending on how you feel about the Texans and commanders, they play each other this week. So two not so great offenses with okay defenses, propensity to, you know, toss up a lot of interceptions, get some sacks. So they're both out there 1% owned and 4% owned for Texans and commanders respectively. So they're out there. I think at that point you're just playing for an interception or two. So find the guys who are just tossing up a ton of picks and roll with them. If you don't have a stud defense, you're just hoping to get five points. And I think you're all right. Yeah. I think we got to wrap this up before I throw up with how blow, how boring outside boring the uh, defense options are. I don't, I don't love it, it's, but it's pretty bad. It's it's barren in terms of defenses, but outside of that, like I said, there are plenty of good names out there. There's lots of good receiving options, running backs. I think this week has a lot, another week that has some amazing upside in terms of a uh, you know high end talent which you can get and trying to start planning towards the impending playoffs. And if you need someone to win this week, there are some viable plug and plays as you miss out on some good talent at the receiver and running back positions. So before we wrap up, Dustin, is there anything else you want to add in terms of a uh, moving forward or waiver, general waiver wire thoughts as we have. Uh, yeah. One other name I wanted to mention with news today. So the Cardinals surprisingly cut Eno Benjamin um, released him today for some unknown reason. And so Keontae Ingram is the backup to James Conner in Arizona. A decent name to monitor. If you have that extra roster spot, maybe throw him on there because James Conner cannot stay healthy. Um, he could see a decent workload. Uh, shocker news that Eno Benjamin got cut. We'll see if Eno Benjamin lands somewhere. I'm assuming he will, but that's all dependent on the, the scheme where he gets there. It's one of the, that was such a weird move. Like you said, James Conner is not the epitome of good health. And like I said, I'm a Steelers fan. So I've went down James Conner train in the past. I have him in some of my leagues. So I hope he continues. He looked pretty good this past week, but you know, he's only one hit away from another injury that's going to keep him out. So I'm a little shocked they get rid of their their backup option. The Cardinals are in a messy situation. So And they, they just don't just... they don't have a ton of depth because Daryl Williams is on IR, John DeWard's on IR. It's really just Connor and Ingram now without you know Benjamin. I, I'm surprised if this was the move that was gonna happen, it didn't happen at the trade deadline. Like they could have easily yeah. just traded him for cam Akers, like probably straight up and be like okay great like handshake between the division mm-hmm. we'll see where you know benjamin because he did play well when he was at when he was out there so he could land in a good role he could land in a horrible role so another name to watch you know benjamin he'll probably get cut this week i think he's a droppable name because he doesn't have a team but could be someone you could pick up you know wednesday morning after waivers run if if news breaks that he signs if you have an open spot Completely agree. Monitor Eno Benjamin's status in the next couple weeks in terms of where he lands. Maybe he ends up as another handcuff somewhere else. And if Keontae Ingram's out there, you go get him as the handcuff to James Conner because, like we said, he is one or two hits away from 
missing another chunk of the season. So uh, that's going to wrap us up for this week's episode of the Waiver Wire podcast. Do we, we want to talk droppable names? Yeah, you know, what? let's do that. That's a good. That's a good idea. Well, so we'll start at the wide receiver position since we started out there in terms of wide receiver. Um, you know, we got some borderline names. Uh, let's let's run through a few. Are there any? You know, on the under radar since we talked about uh Allen Robinson for weeks now, and then we're finally done with that since he's going to probably possibly be the number one receiver. But who's some borderline droppable candidates that just finally at the uh, you're finally done with you want to move on from or some of these uh, exciting names this week? I mean, Romeo Doves can probably go into your IR. Same with Hunter Renfro, but I think Hunter Renfro is done for the season, so you can probably drop him. Robert Woods would be the other name I'm looking at. Just hasn't seen a ton in that offense. Traylon Burks is back. I mean, he did see seven targets, so you might still hold on to him for another week. That seven targets may have saved him after having four, two, and two after their bye, but still only two catches for 10 yards. So he's probably droppable, but you might be desperate enough coming up in the weeks. But those are the names for wide receiver I'm dropping. Do you have anybody? Uh, no, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's kind of just, uh, you know, you find those borderline players. Um, Robert Woods, I think, is right up there in terms of that. Romeo Dobbs, if you're stashing someone, I think, you know, if you have the IR spot, sure. But if you, he's not anything amazing yet to hold on to if you don't have the IR space. I think the wide receiver space, you kind of just know who these players are at this point. There aren't as many, you know, borderline options. I think the more interesting conversation we'll get into is at the running back position. And also Hunter Renthro, his name I'll throw out there as well. Same thing to stash him on IR, but the Raiders are such a mess right now that if he's, I don't even know if he's fully worth stashing. Of course, you have the spot, go for it. But you're debating between most players. I think Hunter Renfro is definitely a droppable candidate. He's only 34% roster, but a name worth mentioning. Uh, for me, at the running back position, you're going to get questioned about this. And I want to get your opinion on that. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 90% roster, like we talked about, only five snaps this past week. Is it time to drop Clyde Edwards-Alaire if that mess in Kansas City? I don't drop him with one week. Like, one week to me is an abnormality. Two weeks is a trend. Like, that's where I would drop him if he has it again next week. Um, I think if you need, if you're desperate, sure, you have to drop him. You have to drop him Um, because you're not starting him, right? So, at the end of the day, like, he's just a roster clog. Um, But I think you can probably find other guys. You probably have more wide receivers on your team than running backs. Also, if you're in a one QB league, like not like redraft, if you're in one QB league and your QB has had their buy, you shouldn't have a second one on yes. your roster. So just drop them. Um, so I think you can still hold them and hope, but if he has another bad week, then you drop them next week. Any other running backs that you want to throw out there on that border or. Uh, yeah, I, I think nine Hines. Uh, yeah. People were excited for him going to, you know, I'm a Bills fan. We're excited. He's done nothing. He's played 6%, 8% of the snaps, seen one target each week. Just not involved. First week, I'll, again, it's an abnormality they're working him in. Two weeks, it's a trend. I don't see it picking up drastically. Uh, Deion Jackson for Indianapolis, unless you have Jonathan Taylor, he's just a handcuff at this point. He's not seeing significant enough work. And then Kyron Williams for L.A., rookie. Yeah. He's behind Henderson. Akers is back. He played 27% of the snaps. And Akers only played 17, but Akers got six carries. And Kyron Williams only got one. He did get three targets and caught all three of them. So four opportunities compared to Akers seven, six, six carries and one target. So I think he's droppable. I don't think you need the third running back in the Rams offense right now. I'd agree. Those are some good names. Like I said, it's not 
you know, you're at the point in the season now where the handcuffs are still valuable, but if you have to get the win, uh, it's not, you know, fully worth holding on to. So interesting. What do you do with, uh, actually, I was going to say AJ Dillon, but uh, AJ, Aaron Jones has been handling those, you know, he's also kind of been not as bad as James Conner in terms of injury, but he's been kind of banged up throughout the season where I could see a potential injury coming soon. So you want to probably hold on to him, but yeah, no Dylan's a tough one. Cause I think it's about expectations, right? He's getting you a solid six, seven points most weeks. So like he's a slow end flex play with the upside. So like, I don't think you can drop him. Um, he's a tough one. The only other name I would bring up is Taysom Hill. He's definitely droppable, which probably means he's going to have a big game this week, yep. <laughs> but he's had now three weeks of, you know, Nothing. Three weeks ago against Vegas, he had 8.78 points, two carries for 11 yards, plus some other work. He's removed from a few weeks removed from having a touchdown, having a significant role. So I think he's droppable, which means we're going to, everybody's going to drop him and he'll blow up this week. And then everybody will be scrambling to pick him up and then he'll suck for two, three more weeks. That's Uh, the Taysom. That's the Taysom Hill experience. That That is the Taysom Hill experience. Yep. So now that's going to do it for this episode. You always find a way to throw in Taysom's Hill on this show. Gotta get Taysom Hill in somewhere. It's it's a must of this year in fantasy, I think. Yep, unfortunately. And <laughs> yeah, I've like said next week, but at this time we'll likely be touting him because we're telling you to drop him. So uh, if you want to get ahead of the game, maybe you should go add Taysom Hill. But <laughs> that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Cubulus Fantasy Podcast. Dustin, thank you again as always for jumping on. I'm of sure with how this rotating co-host has been we may have you on at some point so before we, we fully wrap this up let's let everyone know where i can find you on twitter and uh, follow us and let us know what you got coming up yeah you can follow me at the d unit so t-h-e-d-u-n-i-t 13 on twitter uh check out our sit start articles they come out every thursday we cover every game every player uh not just give you sit starts but give you a projected range of outcomes so when we say they're a running back two where we mean they're going to get between you know 12 to 18 points we give you that range um so you know what to expect from your players expect that and then uh, i do a monthly dynasty uh basically deep sleepers i call it the dynasty future report and november's will be coming out probably next week yeah if you want individual start sit advice you can f- join us in our discord you go to qblist.com you join in on the uh, get P- pl plus you'll have access to the entire staff we have a start sit channel fantasy health channel you can ask about your trades your start sit advice you can ask you about dynasty questions you can just ask us what we think about the season so far it's just always a good surveys best team in the league worst team in the league draft questions we talk about everything football and more throughout we have the baseball of course with pitcherless is uh, kind of the main topic we have our full on su- football group and everything and anything and everything in between lots of just off topic channels and also i'll say for start advice if you go on to and also waiver wire advice we have reddit threads throughout the week we have a like said when we post a start sit article it is posted on reddit where you will have access to uh members of the team does look and, like uh, we got some news just to catch people up oh yeah uh Devante smith went into the medical tent uh holding mm-hmm. his hand um if Devante smith misses time are you looking at anybody on the eagles I, Quez Watkins was always uh, fairly involved this past week, so I'd, I'd be curious about what his uh, uptick in terms of um, in terms of target would be. I don't have the snap shares in front of me at the present time, but um, he's been very used, so I'd be intrigued with that. Um, you know, yeah, if playing, for you, anybody? yeah, Quez Watkins guy. I'm looking at snap shares. Look, he's playing just under 60. Uh, you know, in the 59, 54, 70 in week eight. 
last week on this week's two targets hasn't done much had a touchdown week two but i think he'd be the one i would look to if Devonte smith goes out zach pascal would be the guy to step up played in the hasn't played over 50 percent of the snaps but two targets but yeah quiz walking would be the ad if Devonte smith misses time hopefully for some of my fantasy wrestlers Devonte smith doesn't miss times but a good name to monitor as we wrap up the show and by the time you hear this you'll know for sure whether smith is uh as hobbled up for all we know, he could be back on the field next drive. But yep. so definitely keep an eye on that as we wrap things up. So like we're saying, you can find me on Twitter at Callen underscore Elsliger. Find us on Reddit. We'll have our start set article, the what we saw article. You can ask us, ask staff any questions you want to access to our discord. And also if you go on to cubulus.com, AJ will have his weekly uh, waiver wire piece, which will dive deeper into some of these names. So, thanks again for tuning into the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. Best of luck with your waiver wire ads, and we will see you next week.